Welcome to the Social Dallas Podcast. Today you'll hear an uplifting message. Our hope is that you would not only feel inspired, but that your relationship with God would flourish like never before. I'm so honored to be here. So great to see Mr. and Mrs. Madhu in the house today. We love you. We honor you. Can we honor Pastor Robert's parents and love you guys so much. Appreciate your faith and um, just really do. We're all standing on your shoulders, the next generation, and we love you. and We're thankful for your faith, the faith that lives in us first lived in you. And so thank you for um, just setting the pace for all of us in Jesus name. I love your pastor so much. Uh, I was thinking about it today in the car. Someone asked me, and I think it was 2011 um, here in Dallas that I met Pastor Robert for the first time. And um, it's just been such an amazing thing to watch how God has just elevated him, used him. And it's the grace of God, and it's also just the amazing faith and grit and determination and gift that is on Pastor Robert's life. And uh, I'm proud to be his friend. I'm proud to know him. I'm very honored uh, that I get to preach for him today. Um, But he really is amazing. Pastor Taylor, so amazing. And uh, you are absolutely spoiled, rotten, blessed that your pastors are Pastor Robert and Taylor Madu. I'm going to let you say amen right there. Can we show some love and some honor to our pastors? Come on, clap your hands. I know this church is new. Um, we, we started a church three years ago. And so we've, we're just a little bit ahead of you. But I want to encourage you um, to go all in with this church. It's not going anywhere. You don't need to check it out any longer. You don't need a one. They, this, is, this is Dallas born and bred by two amazing people that love this city. So just jump in, get involved and serve this house, sow into this house. If you're not a tither, this is the perfect day to start and um, just commit to what God is doing here. You know, God entrusts pastors with a vision, but he entrusts the people with the pace of the vision. Hello. And that's sowing your time, your talent, and your treasure. Uh, to make this church a beautiful expression. Don't just come, you know, a church like this, because it's so gifted, you can just come and just watch. Do you ever do that with Pastor Robert? He's he's just so amazing, you know, Pastor Taylor, or then, you know, Chandler Moore gets up and leaves. You're like, what? I know it's going to be like this. And you can just watch. Don't just watch. It's, It's fun to watch. It's better, though, to get on the field join the team. Come on, somebody and get involved. And I know this church is young. So you're like, yo, I I will. I will in a little bit. No, don't wait. Get in on the ground floor of what God is doing. Because you're going to be so grateful in three, five years, 10 years down the road that, that you can say, I remember when I got to be on a team when I got to help. I got to help back then and to see what God has done. Amen. All right, Matthew chapter 14. I'm going to read about 11 verses to you. And uh, if you're ever in Vegas, come say hi, City Light Vegas. Uh, If you had a really, really bad Saturday night, you come to church. We will pray for you. 
We will cast the devil out of you. We will restore your faith and we'll send you back to Dallas like it never even happened. Amen. What happens in Vegas? And uh, but if you had a really if you had a really good Saturday night, you come to church with an offering. Amen. And come come help come help this pastor. Amen. Matthew 14, Matthew 14, verse 22, immediately after this, after, after this, what is, what is this after? This is after the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus has just fed the 5,000, and this is immediately after that. Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side. He literally, in the Greek text, he made them. He said, get in the boat now and go, almost against their will. He went up to the hills by himself to pray, and night fell while he was there alone. And meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting the heavy waves. And about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified, and in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once, don't be afraid, take courage, I am here. Then Peter called out to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord. Jesus immediately reached out, grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then, then the disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God. Let me just talk to you for a few moments from the subject today. Eyes on Jesus, this storm will pass. Eyes on Jesus, this storm will pass. All right, now I'm going to need you to help me preach. Find the best looking person on your row and let them know that right now. Let them know. Eyes on Jesus. This storm will pass. All right, now find one more person. It might be you. I don't know, but find somebody else. Tell them, tell them, eyes on Jesus. This storm will pass. Amen. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you're going to speak to us now. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. And this worship team's incredible. Can you thank God for them? And this amazing woman up here with her Yeezys on, killing it. My God. I said, okay. I see you. I hear you. I'm up here in my dad's shoes. I'm like, well, I'm old. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> life, uh, life can feel so extreme at times. I don't know if you've, if you've felt this yet, that that it can be so day and night, so black and white, so hot and cold, so, so radically extreme, not just in seasons, but literally in the same day. I don't know if you've ever felt that way before. Maybe you, maybe you don't feel uh, like you can admit that, but, but I've felt that before. Uh, Matthew 14 for me is such a clear picture of this. We we go from Jesus feeding the 5,000, that's 5,000 men, so more like 20,000 people. He goes from feeding the 20,000 with a Lunchable to the wind and the waves in the same day. We go from miraculous provision 
to a storm in the same day. We go from God can multiply to I think we're going to die in the same day. We, we go from, man, Jesus can do anything. He just took a couple of pieces of bread and a couple of pieces of fish and he multiplied it, fed 20,000 people to, it's a ghost. <laughs> from, from, man, Jesus can do anything. I mean, all things are possible to, Lord, if it's you, have you ever prayed those two prayers in the same day? You wake up in the morning like, you are my Jehovah Jireh. God can do anything. I'm going to walk out on the water today. I got the best church on the planet. I love Dallas. By the end of the day, Lord, did you even call me here to this city and this heat and this humidity and these fake people? Everybody, you know, you know when you're mad at the city because everybody starts being fake, right? You know, in the morning, you're like, everyone's just so friendly. By the night, you're like, everybody's fake around this city. I don't even know how to, I don't even know what. From, from great fear, we're going to die to then they worshiped. It just feels so extreme. And, and if you feel that right now, I want to tell you a few things. The first is you're not alone. Like you're not alone in the room right now. Some of y'all were peeking out other people worshiping like, oh my God, they're so spiritual. I just wish I could get a breakthrough like them. And three minutes later, they look back over at you like, oh my God, they're just so spiritual. If I could just... Like, you're not alone in the room. You're, many are dealing with this. Not only are you not alone, you're not the first. We see it right there in Matthew 14 with the disciples. You're not the first to experience these, these extreme moments. And, and maybe this will really encourage you. Um, you're, you're not feeling that because of a lack of faith. It was not the disciples' lack of faith that sent them into the storm. It was Jesus. Some of you don't like your circumstance and you're trying to pray out of it, but you were sent there. Joseph told his brothers, you sold me, but God sent me. And some of you are trying to cancel a storm that God has assigned. Not so good so far. Okay, let me keep working the text a little bit here. So I want you to know that because it's not your lack of faith that has put you in the situation. But it is your faith that's going to sustain you through the situation. It is your faith that is going to protect you through the situation. And it is your faith that's going to allow you to walk on the water no matter what you're going through. And by the way, let me tell you what the storm was assigned to do. The storm that the enemy used the storm to try to stop them from getting to the other side of the lake where there was ministry, where there was salvation, where there was deliverance, where God was about to do amazing things, so much so that people were, were literally just trying to touch Jesus to be healed. Listen, when storms arise, don't be discouraged, be encouraged, because it means there's something on the other side of the storm that God has assigned for you to do that you could not do without it. So don't give up now. Don't quit now. Don't get bitter now because there is too much good in front of you and it's not just for you. It's for what God wants to do through you. So let me just tell you a few things I see from the text and the first is this courage. Courage is available. Courage is available. Verse 27, take courage. I am here. 
Take courage, I am here. Courage is not the absence of fear. <laughs> courage literally means the ability to do something that frightens you. Take courage, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> courage is a decision, not an emotion. Courage is an attitude, not a feeling. Courage should be your leader, not feelings. Because if you do everything you feel like doing, you're going to mess up your life in like four days. Can I get one amen from one honest? But if you'll live from courage, you'll live from faith. If you'll live from courage, you'll live from an inner reality, not from an outward reality. You'll live from what God is doing in you more than what is happening around you. Courage, take, take courage. Make the decision. What Jesus is saying is that your attitude in the storm is more important than the wind and the waves. That what is going on inside of you is more important than what's going on around you. And while many of us are trying to quiet the wind and the waves, God is trying to quiet your soul. While many of us are trying to change our circumstance, God's trying to change our heart. While many of us are saying, God, make it stop. God's saying, no, I'm trying to start something in you. Take courage because this will not be the last time you need courage. You're going to have to live with courage. You're going to have to learn how to access your courage. Take courage. For Jesus to say take courage means that it's available. See, you are in a storm, but you don't have to allow the storm to get inside of you. Your inward life is more important than your outward life. And that, that's our issue because 90% of our prayers are God fix it. But if 90% of our prayers could be God change me, there would be less he would have to fix. I know we just met. You're like, you talked about me giving and serving, and now you're all up in my grill. Why do you got, I promise Pastor Robert's going to be back next week. You can forget all of you. Be like, who was that? Jabez, Jabin, Habin, whoever that was, send him back, okay? But right now, you, you, need a little, you need a little tough love right now. Your inner reality is more important than what's going on on the outside. And, and eventually, your inner reality it will affect and determine your outer reality. Eventually, my life is following what's going on on the inside. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever read scriptures like Joshua 1. God, God comes up to Joshua and goes, hey, your mentor, your spiritual father, your hero. Uh, he's dead. Moses is dead. That's how the conversation starts. Thanks, Lord. Now, now be strong and very courageous. I don't know if you read stuff like that and go, I'm trying. Can we keep it 100 in the hi-fi right now? Like, I'm doing my best. I don't know if you've ever read scriptures and gone, I can't do that. Sorry. That's a no. I've tried. Doesn't work. Just be courageous. Ah, great. Y'all have that super spiritual friend, how many? You just need more faith. Really? Thank you for telling me that I had no idea. Listen, you should read the text and say, I can't. Because that brings you to the end of yourself. 
because you finally get to a point in your life where you read the Bible and go, God, I can't do this. And God goes, I know you can't, but I did. And now if you let my grace, if you let the power of the Holy Spirit, if you let my power work through you, my power works best. My power actually only works in your weakness. And while you're trying to tough it out, God's saying, let me work this out. The Bible is not a good book for good people. It is a book of possibilities that is only available to the person who says, God, I cannot do this, but I believe you can do this. And if you'll do this through me, I'll allow it. Take courage, take courage. Look at your neighbor real quick, tell him, take courage, take courage, take, take courage, take courage. When God says to take courage, he is not asking you to ignore your emotions. He's not asking you to ignore your humanity. He's not saying to become a faith robot. But he is offering you a life of faith that goes beyond the emotion of the moment. Are you tired of being the victim of the moment? If you're not, I promise you, everyone around you is. Because they don't know who they're going to get. If she had a good day, it's going to be a good day. If he had a bad day, everybody run. You don't have to be at the mercy of the wind and the waves. You can take courage. You can live from an inner life. You can live from the life of the Holy Spirit, faith in the word of God. And no matter what's going on around you, what's going on inside of you is more important. Jesus said, take courage. I am here. And if he is here, I can believe. And if he is here, I can make it. And if he is here, we will see the other side of the storm. Peace is not the absence of of the storm. Peace is the presence of Jesus. <laughs> there are a lot of people in this room right now that are not going through a storm and you're going through hell and you're not going through anything. You didn't sleep last night. You're worried. You're concerned. Anxiety is crippling you and you're not going through anything because what you're lacking is the one thing you really need. And his name is Jesus. Other people, they are going through the trial of their life. And you saw them in worship today, and you would have thought they just won the lotto. They are, they are rejoicing and clapping and singing and celebrating. And you're going, are they delusional? No, they're not delusional. It's called peace. It's called that if I have Jesus, I have peace. And if I have peace, I can make it. Because what's going on on the inside is more important than what's going on on the outside. Courage is available. Number two, faith, it's unusual. Faith is unusual. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. Walking on the water. I want to ask you a question. I do not want you to answer out loud. I want you to write this one down. I want you to wrestle with this. I pray to God that this nags you like on a Thursday morning. And I just want this, I want this in your head. I want this to bother you. Here, here's the question. When is the last time you walked on water? When is the last time you heard God? And when is the last time you obeyed God? When is the last time you got uncomfortable for God? 
When is the last time you stepped out and said, God, if it's you, tell me to come and I will come. Lord, if it's, when is the last time you walked on water? When is the last time you got out of the comfort zone? When is the last time you got off of the dry boat and took a step of faith towards Jesus? When is the last time you heard God and believed God and trusted God? Or have you just gotten into a comfortable Christian life where you clock in and clock out on a Sunday, but the rest of the week you're just doing your own thing I'm telling you there is a better life for you there is a more rewarding life for you but the life that God has for you is not in the boat it is out on the water it is out in the wind and the waves when is the last time you walked out on the water side note I'm just grateful for your pastors who were living a good life a great life running their businesses preaching around the world Everything was good. Everything was comfortable. Everything was nice. And they said, but I, but we feel like Jesus is calling us out on the water. And what they had to sacrifice was comfort. What they had to sacrifice was the boat. What they had to sacrifice was, I'm going to cancel all my events and I'm going to take a break from everything that I know and everything that I've done for the last decade. And I'm going to take a step out on the water and I'm going to trust that God has a voice for me in this city and God has a people for us in this city and there are people to reach in this and they had to take us anybody grateful for that anybody grateful that your pastors are water walkers and what they need from us is that same spirit that says if you'll walk I'll walk and if you'll go out I'll go out and if you'll take that step pastor I'll take that step when is the last time you walked on the water when is the last time you got out of the boat when is the last time you believed God when is the last time you took a risk Jesus is not getting in your boat till you get out of the boat. And so many of us are praying, Lord, you're invited in my boat, come fix it. And he's going, you draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. You come take a step because if I get in the boat too early, you don't learn. And if I get in the boat too early, you stay comfortable. And if I get in the boat too early and just fix all your problems, you never learned how to believe God. So I've got to get you out of the boat. I've got to get you walking on water so that you don't just get the miracle. You learn the lesson so that you don't just get what you need, but you learn who you are and you learn who I am. You do not learn about faith in the boat. You learn about faith. On the water. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. <laughs> When's the last time you took a risk? When's the last time you did something unusual? When's the last time you took that step of faith? Jabin, when I'm ready, I'll take the step. You will never be ready. If you were ready, it wouldn't be faith. It would be maturity, and that's cool. But you don't mature without faith. And I know so many believers that want to go from infancy to maturity, but they don't want to grow in faith. But you don't get maturity without faith. You got to take a risk. 
you got to take a step of faith. Some of y'all, some of you single men in here. Like, how long you going to be single, bro? Well, I went on her, I went on her Instagram and liked a picture from 96 weeks ago. And... Bruh! Walk up to her. Say hi. My name's John. I like how you worship. I hate that I noticed. Can we get a coffee? Pastor Jay, but what if she says no? You walk right up to her best friend. You say, hi. My name is John. I got to go. God bless, guys. I got to. <laughs> so what? Take a risk. And let's just keep it real. Some of you ladies, you're too picky. You're just too picky. You're like, I'm just waiting for The Rock to get divorced and saved, and then he's going to take me out, and we're going to get married because I've been waiting on The Rock. Stop. Just say yes. Just go on the date. What, what if we don't connect? What if you do? What if it's awkward? Free dinner. I don't know if I'm attracted to him. What if you sit down and go, He's a man of God. He's sweet. He got, the, he got the table. He got the chair for me. He opened the door for me. He's buying me dinner. I, I'm, I can get him braces. I can. He can get Botox. We can fix this. He's a good man. You never know. Take a step. And if it's awkward, you just go, homie, thank you. See you at church. But we're going to be just brother and sister in the Lord. Amen. And you just keep moving. You got to take a risk. Not spiritual enough for you. Not spiritual enough for you. Can I remind you today that faith still pleases God? Can I remind you today that faith still moves God? Can I remind you that faith still releases miracles? That faith still changes generations? That faith still opens the heavens? That faith still moves mountains? This city needs a church full of faith. This church needs a people full of faith. And I'm telling you, when the church will rise up in faith, there is no mountain that can get in the way of social talent but we will inherit everything God has for us. If you believe it, say amen. Come on, give God some praise in the house. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Substance. Faith gives your hope substance. Faith gives your hope flesh. Faith gives your hope feet. Well, I hope so. No, faith takes a step. Too many believers live in hope so, but they never take the step of faith. Faith is what gives your hope movement. It's the engine. It's the oil. It's the, it's the power of your hope. And it is the evidence of things not seen. <laughs> hope believes, but faith receives. Faith reaches into the unseen realm. And pulls it into the scene realm. Faith reaches into the supernatural and brings it into the natural. Just go down 10 verses. Hebrews 11, 11. By faith, Sarah received power to conceive. 
received to conceive. Hope believes, but faith receives and conceives. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. Jesus says, come. He received the word, but then the conception was when he took the step of faith. Faith. Are you lacking faith today? You don't need a lot of faith. You just need enough faith to make a move. Lord, if it's you, call me out on the water. And many of you, I, I just wonder, did you obey the last thing God told you to do? Jabin, I just need a word. What about the last word? I didn't like that word. <laughs> so I need a new word. God doesn't waste words. So he goes, I like the last word I gave you. And until you graduate from the last word, you don't get a new word. Until you graduate from the last thing I told you to do, you don't get a new thing. And many of us are in the boat going, I don't want to go out on the boat. I want you to come in the boat. That's my word. And God says, that's not my word. My word is come. My word is get out. My word is take a step on the water. My word is believe. My word is risk. That, that's the word. And you have to obey the last thing God told you before you get to graduate into anything new. Faith is unusual. Thirdly, doubt is optional. Doubt is optional. Why do you have so little faith? Why did you doubt me? Now I want to start by saying this. Shout out to Peter for having some faith. <laughs> like he had more faith than the disciples. They didn't even move. So Jesus corrects Peter. And says, you had little faith, but at least he had some faith. It's more than we can say about the 11. And I, and I think you have to get to the point where you're, where you're willing to take a step of faith with whatever you do have and whatever word God has given you. I would rather walk on the water and sink than stay on the boat and sit. And judge people for sinking. It's easy to sit in comfort and judge people for sinking. And how easily we forget the walking on the water. I would much rather sink trying than sit judging. I would much rather do my best. That's what we did three years ago when we planted City Light Church. We just, okay, here we go. I don't know if it's going to work. I think it's going to work. I feel like I got a word from God. I think, Lord, if it's you, I think it's him. So, so we're going to plant a church or sing trying. But I refuse to sit on the boat and go, I wonder if, I wonder if I could, I wonder if I should, I wonder if I would, I wonder. I'm not going to live with an I wonder. I would rather live with I tried and failed then I wonder what would have happened if I would have believed God and tried. And doubt is optional. Doubt is up. Thank you for trying with the clap. It was very heroic of you. She was like, so we're just going to let him. We're going to let him sink. Okay. We're, okay. But you tried. You tried. I, 
I can hear the emotion in, in Jesus' voice because he said, why did you doubt me? Not why did you doubt my power or my grace or my word? Why did you doubt? Like, Peter, you know me. You've seen so much. You've seen me raise the dead. You've seen me heal the sick. You've seen me, you've seen, you just saw me multiply bread and fish. You just saw me feed 20,000 people with a few crackers and a few sardines. And now you're doubting me? See, I think Peter lost his amazement for the feeding of the 5,000. And therefore, he lost his faith in the present. Faith and awe are always connected. Uh, faith is hidden in praise. If I've lost my praise for what Jesus has done, I automatically lose my faith for what he can do. And we see it every Sunday. Come on, let's worship. Come on, let's praise. Has God been so good? I'm here for a word. I need a word. I, pass, I need Pastor Robert to be here. And I need him to pray for me after service. I need a word. Where is he at? Where's oh, a guest? Oh, my God. Does he not know I drove here 15 minutes to get here? You won't receive anything. Because you haven't even activated your faith yet. You needing a word or needing a breakthrough is not faith. That's obvious. Faith is only activated when I release my praise. But I'll lose my praise if I forget. And Peter was more amazed in the wind and the waves than in the feeding of the 5,000. All Peter had to do in that moment was go, wait, I know what he just did. I know how good he's been. Wait, I just got to take a trip down memory lane. Literally, I just need to think about five hours ago to the goodness of God. All I need to do is look at the last year, the way God sustained me, the way God made a way for me, the way God got me through this pandemic and got me through hell and got me... Can I talk to a praiser in the house really quick who's just grateful that you're still here, that you still made it, that, that you still got a mind to thank God and hands to clap and a voice to shout. I didn't know I would be here a year later. I didn't know we were going to make it through, but here I am by the grace of God. And my praise releases my faith. My faith is hidden in my praise. You will not be moved by the anointing of anyone on this stage if you are not moved by what God has already done for you. Like it's not going to get any better. This is unbelievable. The worship's not going to get more anointed. It's incredible. The preaching's not going to get more annoying. It's incredible. What will grow, and the only thing that can grow, is the church's faith and the church's praise and the church's expectation. That's why one person will leave this room today and go, oh my God, that's everything I need. Oh, that was my word. Oh, that was the worship. Oh, how did she know my song? What a beautiful name. I, did. I can't, just can't believe she knew that was my song. I needed that song today. Oh my God. And they'll walk out and they're changed. And another person will be like, well, you know, it was okay. It's just kind of packed and... a club. I don't know. <laughs> Folding chairs. I don't know. It's kind of. 
And it had nothing to do with who was up here. It had everything to do with what was going on in here. Doubt is, doubt is optional. If you want to come to Social Dallas with doubt, you can, but you don't have to. You can walk in saying, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'm convinced that today's faith is connected to my gratitude for what God has already done. My, my faith is hidden in my praise. And if, and if I lose my awe, I will drown in what I was supposed to walk on. If I lose my worship, I will drown on the thing that I had authority over. If I lose my gratitude, I'll drown in my money. If I lose my praise, I'll drown in my success. If I lose my praise, I'll drown in the blessing that God put under my feet that I was supposed to step on and steward, but I'll end up drowning in it because I was more amazed in it than in the presence of God. This is why the Bible over and over and over again, remember the Lord. Do not forget the Lord. Tell your kids about the Lord. Meditate on the Lord. What God is trying to activate this muscle memory of praise in your life because he knows that it's going to affect your present. So Psalm 103 verse 2 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not. Forget not. Forget not all of his bent. Forget not. Why? Because we can forget. Because we can live in it and forget all about it at the same time. And so the psalmist led by the Holy Spirit says, just don't forget how good he is. But if you forget, you will not bless. If you forget you won't bless. And many of you, what you need today is not a more anointed worship leader or a better band or a better preacher. What you need is a better memory. I'm, worship team, get me. I need the Grammy music now. Come on, come on. Get me off this stage. I, when, I, when I preach this, I preached this sermon last Sunday at my church and I was done. And then in the moment, I got a fourth point. Now, y'all don't know me yet, but I'm a three-point sermon man. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. I don't know. I just believe in the three. Resurrection. I'm a three-point man. It's anointed. So I don't, and I'm like a little OCD, so I don't like four points. But I got to give you extra credit. I got, I got one more because you were so full of faith. I got one more. And I, I, didn't, I didn't plan on this, but I, I, in the moment last week, I said this and and I want to give it to you. Here's, here's number four. Worship is always appropriate. Worship is always appropriate. Worship is always. Then they worshiped. Then. Then they worshiped. You are the son of God. They, they worshiped once the storm had ended. Jesus and Peter walk onto the boat. Notice that they walked onto the boat. 
So just because you sank doesn't mean you can't walk again. You can walk again. He walked onto the boat. And some of you are going to get your walk back today. You're going to get your faith back today. And we don't judge you for sinking. You can walk again. He walks onto the boat. The storm passes. The wind subsides. The waves stop. And they worship. Um, That's good. It is appropriate to worship after the storm. Go ahead and go ahead and play. Get me out of here. I will preach all day. And I ain't trying to do you like that on the first time. I'm trying to let me get off the stage now. Uh, it, it's appropriate. It's appropriate to praise God when, when the season shifts. It's, it's appropriate, Miriam, when you cross through the Red Sea and, 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 and Egypt is swallowed up and you, and you praise. That's appropriate. That's appro- There's nothing wrong. James chapter 5 said, are you happy? Sing songs of praise. That's appropriate. It's, it's always appropriate to worship, and it's appropriate to worship after the storm has ended. It just isn't powerful. It just isn't prophetic. It's appropriate to worship after the storm. It is powerful to worship in the storm. We got this little song we sing at at our church. You probably sing it here too. I'm going to sing after the storm. No, wait, that's not how it. I'm going to sing when the storm is no more. No, that's not how it goes. I'm going to sing the storm has ended. No, that's not how it. That would be appropriate. It would only be though for like 10 people in the room. So for like the 10 people that got their miracle this week, that you would be able to sing it. And the rest of us would have to be like, yeah, rejoice with those who rejoice. Yay, your storm, yay, that's great. Oh, your marriage is doing better. Oh, that's great. We're we're still not sleeping in the same room. Oh, that's awesome. Your kid is serving God. Oh, that's great. We don't know where our kid is. We're just, oh, that's wonderful. You got a promotion? Oh, I just lost my job. Oh, that's great. Love you, love you. So happy for you. So it's just not powerful. It's appropriate. And it would be appropriate for a couple of people in the room. It's just not. So so that's not what the song says because the writer of the song knew that that the power is not in the praise after the miracle, though that's appropriate. The powerful is I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder. You're going to hear my praises roar. It's in it. If if life is good, sing. Just don't wait. Because postponed gratitude will never change your life. You know, I'm going to start praising one of these days. I'm going to... I'm going to start giving then. You know, I'll start serving when. Well, you know, I'm going to forgive that person when. Well, I'm going to get grateful then. 
Well, we're going to work on this thing. And we will live in a postponed faith that is no faith at all. The power is in the moment. The power is in the wind is blowing and the waves are crashing and the rain is falling and the boat is tipping over. I worship you because I have nothing else. And when you, when you learn that, your praise, it, it will not only change your season, because I think it really will, I think it really will, but it does something so much more important than that. It changes you. It changes you. It's the same reason that Jesus said, pray for your enemies. Not because they're going to change, because you're going to change. Forgive those who hurt you, not because they're going to repent, but because you're going to be changed. Sing right in the middle of the battle, not because the battle's going to overturn in the next four seconds, though I wish it would, but because your spirit is going to turn, because your perspective is going to change, because your, your courage is getting stronger, because your, your maturity is growing, because, because I was not this person before the storm, but I allowed God to do something for me in the storm that radically changed everything about me. Oh, my preaching to anybody today, I'm telling you, worship is appropriate right now, powerful right now, and prophetic right now. And you don't have to wait another moment to thank God for all that he's already done. Because when I thank him for what he's done, I'm automatically telling him I trust you for what you're about to do. Can we take about 30 seconds, jump up on your feet, and just thank God for his goodness, for his grace. Eyes on Jesus. This storm will pass eyes on Jesus. This storm will pass eyes on Jesus. This storm will pass. With every head bowed, every eye closed, just standing in a moment of prayer, I'd ask you no one moving unless it's an absolute emergency. Just stay right where you're at. Jabin, I'm in the room today, and I, I do not know Jesus. I'm watching online right now. I don't know Jesus. I know about him, but I don't know him. I know church, but I don't know him. Jabin, I need Jesus today. Number two, I feel far from God. I've walked away from God. At one time in my life, I gave my life to Christ, but I took it back. And today I need to re-surrender my life to God. I, I question where I'll spend eternity. I question my walk with God. I question I'm living in fear. I'm living in the unknown. This is your moment. I need to give my life to Jesus today or I need to rededicate my life to Jesus. If that's you, pray with me. Now, not only are you gonna pray, everyone in the room is gonna pray out loud. But this is especially for you. If that's you right now, Let's all pray together. I want the whole church in the room, online, pray out loud right now. Say, Jesus, 
My eyes are on you. And I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again for me. So I give you my life. I surrender my entire life to you. And I declare Jesus is Lord of my life. Now, no one's looking. No one's moving. I'm not going to ask you today to get out of your seat or to, um, to, to leave the room just right where you're standing. I'm going to count to three. When I count to three, if that was you today and you go, I'm giving my life to Christ or I'm rededicating my life to Christ. If that was you, I'm going to ask you in one moment to acknowledge your faith in Christ. If you're online, I want you to hop into that chat right now and you're going to do the same thing. You're going to say, I'm giving my life to Jesus. Surrendering my life to Jesus. I'm, I just prayed that prayer, something like that in the chat because we want to celebrate with you. But if you're in the room right now, Jabin, I'm rededicating my life to Christ. I'm giving my life to Christ. This is my moment. I know God is dealing with me and I know God is calling me out of my old life into a new life. He's called me out of the boat into this walk with Jesus. If that's you, on the count of three, boldly, high enough and long enough, raise your hand. For me to see. One, two, three. Let me see your hand. Hand, 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 hands, 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 everywhere. Hands, everywhere, hands, everywhere, hands. Keep them up for one moment. All the way in the back, I see you. All the way in the back, I see you. All the way over here, I see you. All the way over here, all the way over here. Beautiful, beautiful. Come on, church, now let's celebrate. Oh, come on, I said, let's celebrate the goodness of God. Pastor Jordan is, is about to come up and he'll give you more instruction. But now I want to pray for, for one more group of people. And that's, you're here today and you go, I'm in a storm. Pray for me, Pastor. I just, I need the courage to keep my eyes on Jesus. And this was my word today. But I, but I want to come into agreement with you. If that's you, can you just raise your hand? You're in a storm, but eyes on Jesus. Come on. Hallelujah. Here's what I want to do. If you see your friend next to you with their hand raised, why don't you just gently put your hand on their shoulder? If that's your friend that you're sitting next to, just let them know they're not alone right now. If you're, in the, if you're online, go in the chat right now. Say, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. Now, if we can, just together for 30 seconds, just give me your faith. Engage your faith, engage your voice right now. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I cover my brother, I cover my sister, and I thank you right now that you are giving them the perspective, you are giving them the attitude, you are giving them the courage, you are giving them the strength to walk on the water. I thank you that you are doing something in them that will affect everything around them. I thank you today is a new day. Today is a fork in the road. Today they begin a new journey. They begin a new life of faith. We are leaving comfort. We are leaving the comfort zone. We are leaving the boat and we are walking out on the water. I command the wind. I command the seas. I command the rain to stop and be still in the name of Jesus. And we declare breakthrough. We declare healing right now. In the name of Jesus, from the top of your head to the sole of your feet, we declare restoration over families right now, restoration over children right now. In the name of Jesus, we declare your power and your peace in Jesus' name.
I want to talk to one more group. I just felt led to do it, and I got to end, but I'm a preacher, so this is my fourth ending. <laughs> four points, four endings. I don't, I don't know what the age is for you, but if you're here and you're going, am I too old for this? You're not. You're just not. We need you. We don't just need your money. No, I'm serious. Well, okay, well, yeah, we're older, so I guess we got to tithe. We need your voice. We need your wisdom. We need your time. We need you to do premarital counseling for couples. We need you to, we need you to pray. We need your prayers. And lastly, I'll just say this now three years in. Pastor Robert and Taylor need your trust. They're young. I'm young. We're young. But we have a word. And when we walk out on the water, trust us. And don't leave us. (laughs) Stay with us. We need you. This is a multi-generational church. And, And don't don't let the devil whisper in your ear. Oh, you're too old for this. This is too. You're not. We absolutely need the faith that has been living in you for decades. We need it in this house. And I just felt led to tell you that. Don't, don't let the enemy lie. Well, it's downtown and we got to. Come on, stop all that. We're going to get the kids ministry going good. We're going to get the youth ministry. All that's coming. Be patient with us. All that's coming. But we need you in the building season. And not just, well, we'll come back in a couple of years. No, we, got, we need you now. And we're asking for you to join our faith with ours. Pray with me for our pastors really quick. Lift your hands with me. Father, we pray for Robert and Taylor in the strong name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 We declare a wall of fire around that house in the name of Jesus. We declare protection, health, and healing over those babies in the name of Jesus. We declare a word into Robert's bones right now like fire shut up in his bones. Give him a word for the nations. Give him give him a voice to the nations out of Dallas, out of social Dallas. Let an international reach go like he's never known before. God, give him a voice with pastors. Give him a voice with this city and with people of influence and people with no influence. God, I pray that this would become a light, that this would become a lighthouse. We declare perfect peace. We declare perfect provision. We declare power power and energy over them for all that they are called to do. And we thank you that the good work you have begun in them, the good work you've begun in Social Dallas, you will complete it to its fullness. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Give God a big shout of praise, everybody. Come on. We would like to thank you for being a part of our social global family. Please head to our website, socialdallas.online, and see the many ways you can stay connected with us from around the world. Remember, when you say yes to Jesus, you say yes to being social.